the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted with the synchronicity of the title of our show, Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, The Grand Awakening, and the title of the new book of my guest today, which is The Awakening Human Being. So... Barbara, we obviously are in alignment here. <laughs> great, great. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Peter. I'm delighted to be here. So perhaps before we begin talking about uh, your latest book, you could begin by telling us how your awakening began. Well, that's a very good question and a very long story indeed. Uh, the short version is I, I grew up in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C., because my father worked in the Pentagon. And during the 1960s, I had a boyfriend that got drafted to go to Vietnam, and we were against the Vietnam War, and uh, I ran away from home. So I had a, a very dramatic start. <laughs> I ran away from home with this guy, and we went underground, and we traveled the world, and we ended up getting political asylum in Sweden, which is how come I live in Scandinavia today. Um, so from a very young age, I was very conscious about the fact that um, Something was wrong. Something wasn't, we weren't living to our fullest potential. And I, since that experience, I've always sort of been on the forefront of the consciousness expansion that has been going on on the planet. Um, we had a, after I ran away with this guy, actually, I, I, um, I ended up meeting a Danish man and I married a Dane and we opened a, a consciousness center here in Copenhagen, Denmark, where I live today. And in the beginning, it uh, it really was mostly about health, food, organic uh, living, uh, living in harmony with nature, and so on. And then in 1982, actually, when I was 37 years old, I had a breakdown. Um, and that was like the biggest crisis of my life. And coming out of that breakdown, it led me to my awakening, really my awakening to the the understanding of consciousness and really a a much deeper level of what's going on on the planet today. So, yeah, that started me on my voyage and all the books I've been writing since then. And of the books you've written up till this point, which one would you pick out? Well, I would say that the book that has 
been the most popular so far. Now, the new book, The Awakening Human Being, has just come out, so we don't know about that one. But <laughs> in 1994, I wrote a book called The Road to Power, Fast Food for the Soul. That was also a really very interesting story, the way that book uh, was delivered to me. But today the book is translated into 30 languages, and I'm actually really proud to tell you that I just got the latest language, which is Arabic. Uh, this book has been just published in Saudi Arabia. Um, one of the, I'm one of the few women writers <laughs> that they're publishing there, and I'm just so proud of the fact that, uh, that my book somehow is going to be a part of the Arab Spring and the great changes that are going on in the Middle East. Um, so, so that's yeah, fantastic. That's, well yeah, done. So, Congratulations. Yeah. So, so that book, that book is probably the most po- the most popular of the books that I've, I've written so far. I mean, it's a book that has just touched so many people around the world. And I think actually, um, it might be fun to tell our listeners how how, how this came about because it was well, please do most, please do. It was just the most strange story at the time in 1994. I. I was a single mother with three children living here in Copenhagen, Denmark, and I had built up my own business, and I was working very hard to support my kids, and I was very, very stressed, and I decided uh, that I wanted to have some time to myself, so I took off from work for three weeks, and I told everyone that I knew that I was going away, but I didn't go away. I... I decided that I would go on a retreat all by myself, and I went up to the woods, and I meditated every day, and I stayed completely in the silence for three weeks. And on the very last day of this three-week time of silence, I was sitting on a beach, and the sun was going down, and it was this I got knocked on the head, and a voice said to me, Barbara, you're going to write a book. Now take out a pen and a paper. And I was like, okay. And then... This whole book was like dictated to me. The title was The Road to Power, Fast Food for the Soul. And chapter one, you're going to write about this, and I wrote it down. And chapter two, you're going to write about this, and I wrote it down. And chapter three, you're going to write about this. And then after it's, I got all of the chapters, then the voice said, well, now you go home and write the book. And I thought, okay, wow. And so I, I went home and I did write the book. It was very easy to write. It was like it was just sort of delivered to me. And then um, after I wrote it, it was very interesting. Nobody would publish the book. At that time, I had already written quite a few books, and I, I was already a well-known, established author here in Scandinavia, but no, no one would publish it. And I thought, hmm. So then I decided, well, the way it came to me, was so powerful, and the message of the book was so simple and powerful, I decided, well, I, I will publish it myself. So I did. I decided, okay, I'll, I'll print a 1,000 copies of the book, and if no one likes it, if no one wants it, at least I can give it away to all my friends. So, so I did that. I printed the 1,000 books. And at the same time, the most famous woman author in all of Scandinavia, and she was a friend of mine, she, she was actually a client of mine, I, I'm also a therapist, and she was coming to me for help, and she, she was in hospital, she had cancer, and I gave her the manuscript of this book because I thought it would help her while she was sick, 
And the synchronicity of it was so strange. The day she got out of hospital was when I actually got the thousand books in my hand, and she wrote a full-page article in the biggest newspaper here in Scandinavia about this book, about how fantastic it was, and then suddenly everyone wanted this book. <laughs> and then Perfect. it just went, you know, now 30 languages. It's like this book is just like... Um, so if you're interested in this book, you, you can get it on Amazon or you can get it on my website. It's still, it's still out there. Very, very exciting story. So, so just give us the, uh, your website as you mentioned it right now. Yeah, uh, www.beamteam, B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M dot com. www.beamteam.com. Yeah, and the, the name of this book that I'm talking about is The Road to Power, Fast Food for the Soul. In the United States and Canada, you can, you can also get it as an e-book or a Kindle book on, on Amazon. And then the, there the title is just Fast Food for the Soul. That's the book. Okay, great. So let's talk about the latest book, The Awakening Human Being, and how that came about. Well, I would say that since, since this book, Fast Food for the Soul, since the first one, all of them, I've written about ten books since then. They're all a, a, a deepening of this conversation. Actually, after the first book and the, the great interest, so many people were asking me questions about this information that I was writing about that each one of the following books uh, has been a sort of a deepening, and the latest book, the the Awakening Human Being, is really um, the most detailed, I would say, in which I try to really map out the mechanism of consciousness and the mind and the way the mind works. Because I find this, and other people seem to find this, the most exciting, the most fascinating information available today. And is this still information that you're channeling through, or, or is it more a, a balanced perspective? Um, I'm not really sure how to answer that in the sense that I never really sit down and say, now I'm going to write a book. I always feel that somehow uh, the great universal power, or whatever you want to call it, is, is, is working through me. So, yes, I'm, 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 I'm the writer, and no, I'm not the writer. So, yes and no, Peter. So it's flowing through, yeah. That's a good answer, actually. Barbara, we're coming up to our first break, so we'll return and we'll begin talking about the whole awakening process and why it's such an important and exciting time here on the planet. It's uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tang. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com. The last couple of weeks' shows have been absolutely fantastic with Scott Onstott last week and Neil Kramer the week before, so I really urge you to go to those archived shows. And also, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program. I do a, a class every two weeks about what is going on in the world currently, right up to date um, at this time. And uh, tomorrow evening at 5.30 West Coast time, I will be talking about the Knights Templar, as it is October the 13th, the day in which they all got rounded up and tortured and killed by the King of France and the Pope of the time, and what that was really all about. And in fact, the, the Templars went on, uh, some of them escaped and went into... Uh, a whole new realm of uh, future creation, which has brought us right up to this moment today, uh, and our awakening human being. So back to our guest, Barbara Berger, who's just produced the book, The Awakening Human Being. So tell us about awakening today and why it's so important, Barbara. Well, I think what's going on today is that more and more people are awakening to the fact that we are the great universal consciousness itself, and that we are not our thinking. Uh, I think that this is the, the, the big shift that is going on. Up until very recently, almost everyone has been totally identified with their thinking because we haven't understood the mechanism of mind, you could say. We haven't understood the mechanism of consciousness. And now it's like we are waking up to, you could say, to our true nature. We are waking up to the fact that that we are this great universal consciousness and that we are not our thinking. And, and I find this so exciting, and everybody else I, I meet finds it so exciting because this is really um, the key to freedom, actually. When we start to understand the mechanism of mind and we, when we start to wake up to this, um, it's really truly a transformative insight that really changes everything in our life. So, yes, I'm very excited about having written a book about this. And why is it so important today, especially? Well, I think when you look around the world, I mean, we have, we have so many crises on, on every level. I mean, on the personal level, on the financial level, uh, the pollution of the planet, uh, everything that's going on. What is the solution to all these, these really serious issues that are facing us? Uh, waking up to our true nature, as far as I can see, is really the, the most fundamental issue of all because if we look at all our social, uh, environmental problems, what is the cause of all these problems? What is the cause of the way we have sort of misused this planet? Uh, I, can, I, I basically think that it's that we don't understand our true nature and we are looking for the happiness that we seek, the satisfaction that we seek in life in all the wrong places. We are looking for satisfaction and happiness outside of ourselves instead of 
instead of really the great realization that, that we ourselves are the happiness that we seek, that the divine bliss that we are all looking for is what we truly are. But because we are so lost, in the nature of our own minds, because we are so identified with our thinking, we don't know where to look. And so what's going on on the planet is really uh, us, all of us, looking in the wrong place. So how do we make that adjustment then to looking in the wrong place to looking in the right place? How do we shift that, that thinking about our reality? Um, I think that what, what I see happening around me and what has happened to myself is that when we get this insight, when we get this realization that we are not our thinking, when we have the ability to, to witness the thoughts that arise, then we also have the, the ability to question our thinking. And we discover that, that there's a difference between reality and our thinking, that these are actually two different things, and that what we are experiencing is actually our thoughts, our interpretation of what's going on, and we seldom experience reality directly. So you're talking here, you mentioned earlier about the mechanism of the mind. It seems to me appropriate if you could help us understand that somewhat better so that we can get inside this idea that you're talking about? Uh, what, what I try to do in the book, I try to actually slow down the mechanism of mind. In other words, I, try, I have in the book what I call the mental laws because I have discovered that, that the way our minds work is actually an, imper, an impersonal phenomenon. It's, it's, it's something that, it's like a law. The way our minds work, it's, it's, it's governed by law, just like we have physical laws. You know, gravity is a physical law, for example. If you, if you stand up on the top of a building and you jump off, you fall down. And that, that's an impersonal phenomenon. It, it doesn't matter who you are. If you stand on top of the building and jump, you will fall down. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. It doesn't matter if you're the President of the United States. This is just a, an impersonal phenomenon. And in the same way, mind is also functioning. Uh, so the mental laws that I describe, first of all, I, I, I have some exercises so the reader can actually test it for themselves and see if it's true what I'm writing about. The first thing I say is that to try to experiment with the fact that thoughts arise and disappear. This is the most basic mechanism of mind. And I ask the readers to you know, sit down in a chair and uh, stare at a white wall and say to themselves, I'm going to stare at the white wall now and I'm not going to think. Um, and everyone discovers pretty pretty fast that this is not possible, that if you try to do that, if you try to tell yourself not to think, you can't do it because thoughts, they arise and they disappear. It's a totally impersonal mechanism. It's not something that we're doing. It's something that is happening to us. And then the next thing I, I do is I, I try to help the reader see that this impersonal mechanism is something you can observe. You can see how thoughts arise and disappear. And then you can also notice that even though thoughts arise and disappear, you, you're still there, which is also really mind-boggling. If you sit again and stare at the white wall and watch the thoughts arise and disappear, in other words, you think, oh, I forgot to buy milk in the supermarket. The thought came and it disappeared. Oh, 
it's really hot in this room right now. That thought came and it disappeared. And you're still there. And that is really true of every thought that you entertain. Thoughts, they come and they go. And we're still there. So that, that understanding helps you to discover that you are not your thinking, which is really the key to starting to be able to use your minds in the way that you would like to use your mind. Until you understand this mechanism, you're actually a victim of your own thinking. But once you get the insight into how this functions, you can actually start to, to direct your thinking um, and to be a conscious choice maker in your own life. And just to finish this, the, 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 the ba- most basic law uh, that I describe is what I call the law of cause and effect. And this law says that thoughts are cause and our experience of reality is the effect. This is also crucial to, to our understanding of our own experience. When we see that there is this reality that we are looking at or which is around us, whatever is happening, and then we have a thought about what is happening, our experience is determined by our thought about what's happening. That means that when you start to look at it like that, you will see that the same event, different people have different experiences of the same event depending on their thoughts. So again, when we see that really clearly, when we slow down the mechanism of mind enough to really see that clearly, it's like, hallelujah, what does this actually mean for us? And how does that play into the emotions? Um, The thing about emotions is that when you slow down the mechanism of mind, you discover that you actually can't have an emotion without having a thought first. Uh, And when I say that, most people say, yeah, but I didn't think, I just felt like that. But if you really slow it down, you you will see that uh, you might not have thought, you know, specifically, oh, this is bad or I'm sad or something like that. But we all have our stories about, I call them our sponsoring thoughts or our sponsoring beliefs about life, the way we've been programmed from childhood, uh, what we believe is good or bad, what we believe is right or wrong. And so often when we have a powerful emotion and we're not especially thinking anything, it's really because we immediately interpret the event um, based on our, our, our sort of our general programming in life. So you really can't, I mean, you really can't have an emotional response uh, just by itself. So one of the things I know just from the work that I do, that there are certain people in the world who have incredible difficulty slowing the mind down because they're incredible. living their lives fully, fully distracted all the time. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? Could you just say that again? I couldn't quite hear you, Peter. Yes, I said that uh, from people I work with, I'm very aware that people live their lives distracted all yes. the time all, and, unable all the... To, and unable to slow their minds down. Exactly. What do you say to them? I mean, what you're describing is really the way 99% of of, of everyone is. I mean, we are so identified with our thinking that we most people don't even notice it. Uh, So, so you're constantly being sort of tagged, pulled around by your nose, by your own thinking. 
what I have discovered is really you cannot break the spell of this illusion uh, unless, I mean, what happens to people is that they have a crisis. It's usually crisis, uh, something so-called <laughs> terrible happens in a person's life. Uh, things aren't going quite the way they think they should be. Something happens, and and at and that moment, uh, there comes the crack in the ego. <laughs> there comes the crack in the in the total identification with with their stories, and then suddenly they they're sort of they start to to, to question what's been going on. So uh, it's nothing that we can do. I think it's more what life, the gift of life, you could say. That's um, certainly been my experience. Yeah, totally, and I agree that people reach that certain point in their lives when the big challenge comes, which is actually an opportunity to open up to why they're really here. Exactly, it's really the grace that these these crises. I work as a therapist too, so I mean, everyone who comes to me is always people don't come if they're not in crisis, and <laughs> I mean, it's just so obvious that the crisis is the greatest gift. That it's really the 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 pain is so severe at that point in time that, that the old mechanisms are not working and, and then there's room for the light to come in. So it's Exactly. So Barbara, we're coming up to our second break and we'll continue okay. with this great conversation afterwards. This is Peter okay. Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I have with me today Barbara Berger, who has just put out her new book, the Awakening Human Being. And uh, we're having a great discussion about exactly that. Barbara, just remind us before we move on of your website and how people can access this new book and all of your books, in fact. Uh, my website is www.beamteam.com. B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M.com. You can see all my books there and you can order the new book there or you can order the new book on Amazon.com. So there are many ways. And how long has the book been out? Uh, it's actually just come out, so it's just hot off the press this week, so it's very wow. exciting. Perfect timing. That's great. Yeah, perfect Good timing. Good luck with it. 
So you've just mentioned just at the end there about the work that you do in your own counseling mm-hmm. and also the, the books you write. Mm-hmm. And, and I do very similar work, obviously. And I, and I know one of the things you talk about is getting real. Yeah. So what, what is that? Why do you call it that? We, we call our work here getting real because, uh, well, it has di- different meanings, but one meaning is uh, to wake up to the nature of reality. But it's also on a more personal level to get real about what's going on in your life. One of the things that I write about and which I see in counseling a lot is that uh, people are so lost in their stories that they don't actually notice what's really going on right before their noses. And often people are suffering so much because their story about what's happening is actually so far from the beautiful reality that they are living at this moment. So what we do with our, in our counseling uh, is we try to examine what we call people's catastrophic thinking or uh, the way we have a tendency to, to make everything very black and white or the way we generalize uh, and to just bring people back to, to, to this moment uh, so that they can actually begin to experience uh, the goodness of right now. One of the things that I've discovered uh, working with myself and working with, with so many other people is that we are more or less all the time at war with reality because if you ask yourself, and we can do it right now, Peter, you and I, is there anything wrong with this moment? Not right now. Not <laughs> <laughs> right I mean, actually, yeah. if, we, if we say, you know, what, what is preventing you or what is preventing me or what is preventing anyone who's listening now from being happy right now, right this very moment? And if you really look at that, the only thing that could possibly be preventing you and me or anyone else from being happy right this moment is a story, a story which takes us away, actually, from, from this present moment. Or you could also say, and it's actually one of the exercises I, I have in the new book, The Awakening Human Being, uh, if you, if, again, if you come back to this moment and if you couldn't compare this moment with any other moment, there couldn't possibly be anything wrong with this moment. It's only our comparison. It's our story about a past or our worry about a future that makes us somehow dissatisfied with this moment. So, so, so getting real in a way is to try to understand this mechanism that we're actually doing it to ourselves and we're actually missing the, 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 the radiance of our own divine presence, which is actually right here, right now. I mean, what is it that is preventing us from experiencing our true nature? And you have some uh, practical exercises and tools that you also write about in the book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the book has two sections. The the first part of the book is the the slowing down of the mechanism of mind and the the, the mental laws, which we talked about before. And the second part of the book is, okay, all this information, Barbara, uh, how do you apply this in your daily life? so that you actually can can live a happy life right now. And so I have a lot of techniques, meditations, f- 
focus tools, witnessing process, so, so that you actually can use this information uh, and play with your own consciousness, play with your own mind, and actually see what's going on. So it's very exciting. Because actually that's also one of the things I've discovered from from teaching for so many years and working with people for so many years. It's not enough to just read about this stuff. You've got to practice. You've got to work with your mind. I mean, it's like, you know, we live in this world where everybody is, you know, fitness. You've got to work with your body. Everybody accepts that. But what about working with our minds, you know? It's even more important. So can you give us an example of, of an exercise or a tool that, that is helpful in this regard? Well, as I said before, this this one focusing exercise about what is wrong with the present moment, if you actually would sit down and ask yourself, what is wrong with now? Whatever comes up will be a story that, and then I have these, these different techniques that you can actually question the stories that arise. You know, this, mo- this moment is not good enough. I should be doing something else. I should be more productive. I mean, we have this constant chatter going on in our minds, which we get so lost in. But if you actually sit down and start to listen to what you're telling yourself and compare that to the, to the beautiful reality of this moment, you will see that there's a disconnect. And presumably with, with different people, there, there are certain patterns that keep recurring in terms of exactly. the chatter they experience. Exactly, exactly. The sto- we all have, I mean, we really can say that when we are born into this world that our, our consciousness is, is innocent and we get programmed by our society, by our parents, by our schools, by the media, all the stuff that, that we learn uh, about what, you know, the world tells us we need to have to have a happy life. You know, you've got to have a thin, perfect body. You've got to be beautiful. You've got to have so much money in the bank. You've got to have the perfect relationship. You have to have the designer kitchen. I mean, all this stuff, which takes us away from the happiness that we seek, which is what we are to begin with. So, so yes, we have, I mean, the amount of stories that people have, um, that I have had, it's just so amazing when you see it, when you suddenly see it and then it sort of starts to dissolve. It's like divine bliss consciousness. It's, it's like the clouds before the sun, you know, the, suddenly the clouds, they sort of break up and then the sun is there and it, all its radiance. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not really, so a, a, it's not really so a doing actually, it's an undoing or you could say an unlearning um, that the that's really what the awakening process is too, actually, and unlearning. I like that <laughs> unlearning of all the stuff we learned, right? That's well, as preventing former, as us. A, as a former school principal, I know there's a lot of unlearning needs happening in our school system now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I know another another area that people will have difficulty getting their heads around is the concept that uh, happiness does not depend upon outer circumstances or other people in our lives. Mm. Talk about that a bit. Well, you can say that um, when our happiness is, you know, you're happy because, you know, you got a raise or you're happy because you got a new house or you're happy because all of these sort of outer circumstances, uh, it's really very dangerous that 
I mean, this is a kind of what I would call conditional happiness. It depends on something out there. So, of course, it creates, it's very anxiety-provoking also because if your happiness is dependent on anything out there, it's something that you can't control. And when you discover that the nature of life is change, things change. So this is something that comes and goes. And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it, but, but the true happiness, the, 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 the happiness which is unconditional, which you could say is is really love or the nature of reality. Or, I mean, it's who we are to begin with. It's, it can't be improved upon by adding something from outside. And that's also really why it's so stressful. <laughs> I mean, to think that we need stuff to, to be more of who we are. So it's, it's really important to look at this. And it's, uh, people use the expression unconditional love a lot, mm. but there's actually very little of that on the planet, is there? Absolutely, Peter. Yeah, I totally agree. What people call love, most people call love, it has nothing to do with love. It's about, you know, it's more or less a trade. If you do what I want, I'll love you. And if you don't do what I want, I won't love you anymore. So that's definitely not, that's, that's sort of kind of like a possessive thing, a control thing. And all of those things, they have absolutely nothing to do with love. So as you're moving through this uh, quagmire of mental stuff that we have imprinted on us, and you mm -hmm. come across uh, these moments, and obviously we all still get upset and angry and, and whatever at different and excited at different times. Mm -hmm. So again, some of the tools presumably must involve how you actually deal with these moments when they come up. Yeah, uh, I think that one of the, the the best tools that I'd have in the book is what I call trying to look at the difference between your expectations and reality. I have an exercise which I call expectations and reality, where I, I guide the reader through a pick a pick a for example a situation or pick a relationship, for example your relationship with your partner or with one of your children or your parent, and first of all to write down. Uh, your expectations to uh, this situation, to this person. That's the first step. And the second step is then to try to sort of be like a scientist and look at, well, what is the rea reality of this situation? For example, uh, your husband, you know, um, your expectation is that he should be interested in the same things that you're interested in, or your expectation is that he should spend more time with you, or your expectation is that... I know that he should play with the children more. That's the first step to sort of map out your story about what it is you would like. And then the next step is to actually, like a scientist, to go in and look at what is actually the reality about this person and this situation, you know, and the, could, the reality could be that, well, the man is just not interested in what I'm interested in, or he doesn't like to play with the children, or, in other words, to try to see where there's a disconnect between our thinking, our stories, and what is actually going on. And once we have mapped that out, I also do this a lot with people in private sessions, to try to find out, you know, well, okay, a lot of our discomfort, a lot of our sort of negative emotions are because we are focused on expectations which don't match the reality of what's going on. So then I try to guide people to, okay, if you, if, you, if you drop your expectations and you focus on what's really happening, that's why we also call it getting real, what the reality of this situation, how would you feel then? What is your 
what is your reaction to the situation now if you drop your story and you just look at what is? And a lot of people, they get, they really get a very profound realizations when they do that, especially close personal relationships. Either people discover, you know, this unconditional love in their heart for what's going on that they just missed because they were so lost in their story, or they discover uh, that they really need to make some serious changes in their life. Yeah. Um, Barbara, we're coming up to our last break, okay. so I'll cut you off there and we can okay. come back to this in the last segment. Okay. Peter Tone for Awakening okay. to Conscious Co-Creation. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just want to remind you of the wonderful trip that I'm going to be involved into Egypt in the second half of February with Finbar Ras, who is a wonderful leader of Sacred Site Tours. And we already have some wonderful people signed up for this journey, which will be the journey of a lifetime. And there'll be a number of people involved who have the gift of sight and hearing and uh, a clairsentience awareness. And we'll be doing some profound ceremonial work and my own knowledge of Egypt is just going up in leaps and bounds uh, over the since I knew I was going on this trip just little gifts keep coming my way so if you're interested in signing up for that trip just go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and all the information is there and we'd just love to see you on board for that wonderful opportunity coming up in February in Egypt so back to, to you Barbara and you were just concluding before the last segment about this realization of what your actual reality is mm-hmm. compared to your expectations. Do you just mm-hmm. want to finish that off? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, well, the exercise usually leads people to, to the discovery that there is often such a great difference between their stories, their expectations, and all of these things which are stressing them so much and the actual reality that they're living and when they sort of can break through the, the illusion of their thinking, the spell of their thinking, and get in touch with what's really going on, 
then they also really actually get in touch with, with the, their inner guidance, you could say, or, or the wisdom of their hearts. They know what to do. They know what's right for them. I mean, it's just so, such an amazing process to witness. One of the expressions that's, that's been coming for me in the last little while is, is entrapped by enchantment. <laughs> and this is what you're talking about, isn't it? It's the spell of our minds that keeps yeah. us trapped in en- enchantment. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you, we're, we're, it, you could say we get lost in the illusion. Exactly. Now, you mentioned earlier about, about the, the clouds clearing and the sun coming out, which is a beautiful mm. visual here. And mm. we're talking here about, I guess, when, when we do actually clear the mind and understand the process, mm. what, hap- what happens next? I mean, then, then you're, you're left there with the radiance of your own spirit. I mean, it's not like, I mean, anyway, in my experience, it's not like the thinking stops. But you're not so identified with the stories anymore, and then you discover this profound peace, the the, the divine love that that's just what you are. I mean, it's just so um, it's so overwhelming when you get a glimpse of it and when you get a taste of it. Then nothing else will satisfy you. Uh, also, the, I think that actually, in my experience, and what I hear from other people is this that's actually what happens to us as we start to wake up. It's not a for most of us it's not like, you know, you wake up one morning and then you're just awake. It's it's uh we get glimpses of this the divinity of our own nature. We get glimpses of, of the sun when the clouds separate and it's like oh wow and then we we, we like then we become so dedicated we want more <laughs> So, so you know that that's where where spiritual practice actually comes in, and that's where all the exercises that I, you know, describe in the book, and everybody else has in the, all their practices. It, spiritual practice is actually in every now moment to make the conscious choice to try to focus your attention on the divine love that is your nature and that when anything comes up which is blocking it to question what validity does it have so it feels as if in some way when you when you allow the clouds to clear that it, it allows your heart to open up absolutely i mean what what is divine love you could say i mean it, it the nature of reality is love i mean look at what we have been given i mean if that's not love i mean we have unlimited support and we've been given the gift of life i mean life has is has is so spacious that it, there's room enough for all of us it supports all of us i mean if that's not unconditional love what is so 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 just when you actually see that um, there's nothing to be added to that um, so when you've reached that point it just it just is yeah. we just are <laughs> yeah exactly so, we actually only have a couple of minutes left, and, and I just wanted you to talk about Bollum, who's a creature who appears uh, in your book. <laughs> who is Bollum? Well, actually, at, at the end of my book, I, just, I have what I call the bonus tracks, and um, I decided, you know, to try to illustrate this, this chatter that we have in our minds. Uh, and so I have these conversations between Bollum, who, who is... You know, like Gollum in the in the Lord of the Rings. You know, you have my precious. You know, you have these two voices that you you see talking. That you know, the Gollum 
So I have mine, the one in my head is Balaam. Uh, and so Balaam is like the confused part of Barbara Berger, the part of Barbara Berger who's still not awake. And then Balaam is having a conversation with Barbara, who, which is the awakened part of me. And so I try to, to, to go through some of the discussions that we all are having in our heads about, you know, he, Balaam says, well, you need to be productive, you need to do something, you need to make money, you need, you need all this stuff. And then Barbara says, you know, but I'm, I'm perfectly happy just the way I am, sitting right here, sitting quietly, doing nothing. The grass grows, the sun shines, you know, what, what, what more could be added to this? So, so I tried to, to make it very concrete uh, what this awakening process actually is inside of our own heads by, by sharing what goes on in my own head. Well, it's also important for us to remain lighthearted, so that's a great way of creating this, uh, this energy around yeah. these two pieces of us. Yeah. Barbara, it's been an absolute pleasure. The, the time has gone unbelievably quickly, which is always a good sign. We're at the end of the show. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Peter, for inviting me. I really enjoyed it, too. Great. It's been a real pleasure. So next week on the show, it's a very special show yet again. We have the Dogon speak. We have two members of the indigenous elders of the Dogon peoples from Africa who came from Egypt and were the original builders in Egypt connected back to the star system of Sirius. It's a very significant opportunity for us on the show, and I'm really looking forward to next week's show. I hope you've enjoyed today's show with Barbara Berger, her new book, The Awakening of Human Being. I hope you have a great week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring please join host peter tong for another edition of awakening to conscious creation next wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on seventh wave network